Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, Before we get into the episode this week, Grace and I are going to be discussing Bo Burnham's Inside. Uh, But with that discussion comes some stuff that we wanted to put a content warning on. If you've seen the special, you know that uh, some of the themes in it deal with uh, mental health issues, including depression and suicide. Uh, So there is a content warning for this episode of the podcast uh, that we will be talking about both of those things. Also, we bring this up later at the end of the episode, but it's important, so we thought we should put it at the beginning as well. If you or a friend or anybody you know is having any issue related to suicide or suicidal ideation, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255, and there's always someone there 24-7 to listen and help. Welcome back. Uh, folks, uh, Grace and I are back on Zoom this week because I decided to be in a different geographical location from her for this week. Grace, uh, what's up? What's going on? How's it, how's it going? Um, nothing much is going on. I've just started serving for the first time like as a waitress, so that's pretty fun. But uh, the big thing that's been going on is uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, big big points for the comedy universe uh lots of lots of con not controversy i guess but lots of (laughs) things to unpack lots of things to talk about um and the album just dropped today the day that we're recording this so i've already listened to it three times through i've watched the special three times through um and you know this episode i think we're gonna talk about it in detail i'm pretty excited inside in detail um (laughs) Yeah. So uh, as Grace said, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Bo Burnham's new special Inside. If you haven't seen it, we highly recommend you go and watch it on Netflix or just listen to the album on like any streaming platform uh, before you listen to this episode, because we're going to be talking about something. We're also I I guess I don't want to say there's like spoilers, but because it's a comedy special, but like there will be like moments that we're going to talk about that you should, you know, go experience for yourself. Um. But yeah, so uh, just starting off, uh, we thought it was important to kind of give a sense of our relationship to, uh, well, number one, I guess our relationship to the person who made this special, Bo Burnham, and then our relationship to uh, kind of just like the special itself. Yeah. Um, so Grace, uh, what what do you think about Bo Burnham? Where, where do you stand on Bo Burnham? Well, this is actually a funny story because I was ready, I was kind of excited to have this conversation because I think like I actually have you to thank for introducing me to Bo Burnham because I remember when I was early high school when I met you and kind of like the rest of our friend group before I was kind of initiated into that friend group I would just like come hang out and you guys would be like singing songs from what like word for word uh cool we were (laughs) incredibly cool and knew that uh other people existed yeah, and I didn't, I had never seen Bo Burnham, and I've actually, I actually, like, you know, had not even seen a lot of stand-up comedy, but I felt like I had to watch what, just to fit in, like, with the friend group, <laughs> so that I watched it, and I was, my life was, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like, was literally changed, because I, like, fell in love with stand-up, I love, I fell in love with, like, Bo Burnham, and, like, what he was you know, before I, it was obviously before I kind of got a sense of like what was going on in stand up in the world of stand up and like, but the way in which that he like breaks every convention of like what you imagine a stand up comedian to be, while also like using those conventions in a way to like 
I don't know. That's kind of sounds kind of stupid, but he like uses them and breaks them at the same time. But I, that's like, and I, you know, from then on, super big fan, obviously listening to all of his albums. And when Make Happy came out, I watched it right away. And obviously when Inside came out, I was really excited to watch it as well. I also saw eighth grade in theaters when that came out. Um, you know, just you're the, a real head. You're I am. of the directorial <laughs> work too. Of, of over and um, point being funnily enough that um, if I hadn't want to fit in with the cool kids, I probably would have never gotten into Bo Burnham and thus comedy itself. Wow. Yeah, I think crazy. the uh, the wildest part of that is that you described us as the cool kids when you said <laughs> earlier we were singing musical comedy songs that we didn't write in public. So, it was. I thought it was cool. Yeah, because that's how I got into Bo Burnham uh, too. Was in that same time period when I I was a freshman in high school and I was meeting all these new people. Uh, and it was just one person uh, who had mentioned him, and then you know was like referencing uh, what. Um, which was his third to last special. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I kind of fell into it in a very similar way of like, oh, I need to know who this is so that people uh, will like me. Um, <laughs> like we both experienced, I think that same cycle just yeah. at later times, uh, which is interesting. So you mentioned uh, that you watch, like you've watched all of his stuff, like as soon as it comes out and stuff. Yeah. I'm interested going into this, like talk about inside to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about make happy which is the special he released in 2017 i think yeah it feels that it doesn't feel that long ago that's like one of the crazy things is uh once i once i watched inside for like the third time i went back and i watched the ending like numbers if you will of what and make happy mm -hmm. and i realized how much time has like passed but make happy like in my mind doesn't seem that far away but like even in this special you know jumping forward a little bit where he talks about how he took a break for comedy for five years and like you know he did after he made eighth grade like people were like when are you coming back to comedy and he's like I don't think I am like and that was like really sad and stuff but yeah it's actually been such a long time since make happy came out and I I didn't even realize that but uh inside is like a whole uh, before we get into like the individual parts of it I think after watching the end of what the end of make happy and then watching inside um you see like each one is like I feel like an elevation of the like it's an evolution of like the next thing like it's crazy that you know inside did happen during like the pandemic so that he was kind of forced to create it in this way where it's more of like it's almost like a I don't know like a musical a video essay like but I think that that's almost like that felt very natural to me for him because he's like this comedian that's like taking using production to like add to the comedy rather than just standing and walking around with a mic right so it's like you know you see inside and you see all this editing and all these things that he's doing and like really elevating the music and the visuals and for me it's just like duh like, this is obviously, this is the next evolution of what Bo is doing. Like, it's like, I don't know, I guess, like, to make, like, a cheesy simile, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch, like, Beth Harmon and the Queen's Gambit, it's like, every time, every day she's doing chess, she's, like, exponentially growing. I feel like that's how he is with his comedy. It's like, he does this thing that's, like, blowing everybody out of the water. And then the next thing he does is just, like, double that. And it's, like, freaking 
tsunami of comedy rather than just like a wave now <laughs> yeah that was a shitty you know simile no, I, no that, was, that was great i mean uh you know queen's gambit is still very much on the cultural tip <laughs> of the tongue right now grace so uh yeah. that's gonna be great for the algorithm um but no i think that's a that's a really good point and i think thinking about like his progression through like these three specials that we keep referencing uh it's also i think important to dive a little bit into like history with him um so like so I believe 12 or 13 years ago now, he like popped off on YouTube uh, for the first time. But so he pops off with that. He then like gets this kind of string of uh, YouTube successes. He's like a YouTube comedian for a time, or at least that's the way he was perceived uh, mm-hmm. was like YouTube comedian. Um, and eventually he kind of breaks more onto like traditional comedy uh, in a sense of like recording an album and putting it out. Uh, and ever since then, uh, yeah, it's been this, as you uh, chronicled, like that kind of uh, slow progression to what we now have, which is a, like a super interesting experimental uh, comedy show that wouldn't, you know, it's weird to think that that exists because uh, he posted a funny video of him singing online yeah. in a weird roundabout way, you know? Yeah, yeah, I really think that this is interestingly like such a return to where he came from but in such an elevated way and like it's weird to say that because like you know a lot of times I'll ask or you know while I'm watching it or if I'm praising it to people like you know that's the hard part about this is once you watch it you're like he doesn't want you to like call him a genius and like say all these things right that's what makes it really hard because you want to like sing his praises but like the whole thing is kind of him just talking about how he has like you know a hard rep like relation at least especially to make happy he has a difficult relationship like pleasing the audience even though you know it seems that we're always pleased with what he's doing well you want to get into kind of going yeah. song by song a little bit <laughs> yeah, here? Absolutely. And, um, sweet so uh i the listeners can't see this but i prepared a list i yeah. went through and i watched the special today and i broke it down into its 43 combined parts yeah. uh Ooh makes it that makes it sound like it was a lot it was like work i just watched a special and then like was like oh it's different now and i put it on a list so a lot of this uh fair warning to listeners uh as grace and i have mentioned we have like kind of a like a longish history like the average history i think with bo burnham for people who like like his stuff in our age group i think like we found him in high school and we've been watching him ever since uh so a lot of this might trend into oh i love that that's so great (laughs) Uh, We're going to try to be analytical and uh, smart brained about it, but uh, we might all, we just really like it. And we, uh, we really like this special. And again, if you're thinking about like, oh, maybe I want to watch it before I listen to this, you should. It's uh, good. I would really recommend watching it even before listening to the album because, you know, Mm. I'll get into this a little bit later, but I think that the visual aspects of this are really important in terms of like the overall messaging and uh, just like the comedy itself I feel like is very visual kind of <laughs> and that's that also like talking about like trends I mean like that's really similar to make happy where like I think even on stage he or was this in what I don't know what he on stage addresses at one point that like every little bit he does is like choreographed down to the very movement and lighting and everything and then he does a little like hand motion and like yeah, a just boing. Like a- <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's an intensely like visual experience for sure uh but yeah, speaking of intensely visual experiences, let's get into it. Um, okay. So, Grace, what is the first song? 
first song is entitled content on the album it's the opening a uh, little bit you know and i i have to i think this is like the perfect opening look i made you some content daddy made you your favorite open wide here comes the content i think when you know going back and like watching it like the opening is very perfect in 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 the sense of like it's great in showing like who Bo is what the special is going to be like and I really get that moment when he turns on the light and like does the disco ball yeah I think that that is just such a like a little sneak peek of what is to come in terms of like how much he's gonna be doing like all this like editing and lighting and little effects like yeah. all on his own because you know as we've seen from his stage performances he's very into production and like having lighting and you know sound cues and even like um dry ice on the stage so him knowing that he still wants to create that experience but he's gonna have to be doing it alone just like you see that instantly where he does this thing with the disco ball and it's kind of just i like that because it's like the sneak peek of what's to come and i agree yeah it's very quintessential i think and so is you know the next song but i'll let you talk about if you have any comments on content about no, my, my, you covered it super well i think my only comment on content is like kind of uh tangential to one of yours which yeah. is like it gives you the cue to the audience of like just how creative this is gonna be because yeah. like I don't know if this is like I to speak from my experience a little bit. I've seen a lot of people try and do like home production stuff. And I, I've like tried to do home production stuff for just like like assignments and shit because I got a bullshit major in film. And uh, <laughs> the 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 sheer like just uh, creativity of just the headlamp pointed at a disco ball and the effect he was able to get out of that was so interesting to me because I was like, yeah, this is of course I like I would expect nothing less that's so creative that's such like a great um simple solution to the problem of like how do I get this effect at home but yeah so the next song Grace is uh it's called comedy I think yeah. like, you know uh healing the world with comedy is kind of you know the catch phrase of the song healing the world with comedy the indescribable power of your From a white guy like me, who is healing the world with comedy. And this song I loved because, you know, I think as the special goes on, you kind of see this like slow descent into madness, you know, darkness, but obviously always with a comedic edge. But this song is very quintessentially Bo Burnham as I see him as a character, you know, or as a comedian. It's very self-aware. It's sarcastic. You see him playing on the irony of him being a comedian, but also wanting to be kind of like an activist in a way. And I, I always think it's super funny because he talks about you know the chorus of the song is like talking about how he's healing he's you know being sarcastic but he's talking about how he's healing the world with comedy and very ironically i felt like this special healed my world with comedy so yeah. <laughs> and like it, it gives a great context to the time in which this is like being made especially as you get towards the end of the song where he's asking this question like should i be making jokes at a time like this like how how do you balance like this need for like comedic release but also like 
you know, balancing that with the fact that the world is like on fire, technically, mm-hmm. you know, especially when this is being made and, you know, we're a little bit, quote unquote, in the aftermath of that. Um, yeah, it's it's important to be aware that he started making this in January 2020. So like when he was in the thick of the production of it, like the pandemic was new. Yeah. Um, and but I also and everything the protests and everything. Yeah. yeah. So it it does kind of feel I, like like LA was on fire. Yeah. At the time. <laughs> I forgot about that. LA was literally on fire. Uh Australia in February of last year. Mm-hmm. There's wow. I just feel like this, like, you know, using sometimes it feels strange to use academic language when describing comedy but I don't think it's completely inappropriate to say that this song is a bit of like a thesis for the special like it's him putting himself out there and being like I know that everything is crazy right now and I know that like you're probably asking yourself like is it the time to be joking and stuff and kind of showing that he's aware of that and I think that that is like very disarming because like when you get into the rest not even like that I'm one of those people it's like not t- not time for jokes because I very much believe that like comedy there's always going to be a time yeah. and place for comedy and I the amount of times I've heard you make fun of 9-11 Grace <laughs> so wow. never forget <laughs> um, but this this one also I'll point out has like one of my favorite jokes in the entire special where he's going into the part where it's kind of the bridge and he's like don't panic call me and I'll tell you a joke and he's like if you smell burnt toast, he's like, you're either having a stroke or you've overcooked your toast. And I think that that is like one of those moments where it's like Bo Burnham takes these things that are so like simple and yet they're hilarious. And you're like, how yeah. has nobody thought of that before? Like, I don't know. That, yeah. that was favorite lines of the whole special is so he's like I think that's a big part of what made this special so like good um as like a viewing experience even though it is like at times very difficult to watch and like very like confronting uh I, I laughed out loud alone at it yeah. a few times and that was one of them because it's just like oh that's a really solid joke like that's just really good especially in the context of this like kind of like a uh, headier song you know um but speaking of the song too, you mentioned earlier that it felt like very um, like a thesis statement for the special and stuff. And I think it's um, I 100 percent agree with that. And I think it's also like even a thesis statement for um, a lot of his like one of his preoccupations as a performer um, mm-hmm. or the stuff he writes is this idea of like um, like. Uh, authenticity of like art I guess uh, especially with comedy because like it reminded me when I watched it uh, earlier today like for like the rewatch because we were going to do this uh, it reminded me a lot of Art is Dead which is a song that he uh, came out with in uh, 2010 um, which is like a very similar words 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 album I think it was yeah Um, but it's it's super similar uh, in the way that it's like pretty much about the idea of like, oh, like uh, as a comedian or a performer in general or like an artist, as he refers to himself in the song, it's like the things you produce are subject to these um, economic factors and and very like disingenuous in a lot of ways. And, and I think that kind of links into uh, oh, shit, I almost knocked over my water that kind of <laughs> uh, links into like this type of song where it's like you see that similar preoccupation with um, like the nature of like what is a comedian really doing or like what is a a, like an artist uh 
quote unquote really doing, you know, like. And I think it's, it's important. It's important that he's analyzing that job or, you know, occupation from his specific identity, which is, you know, a white straight man, Mm -hmm. as he uh, often brings up, because when you look at, I guess, like the pool of comedians, that's obviously the most dominant that you see is the straight white man comic. And I think it's so, it's, I guess I like that where they use authentic, that he's able to kind of like look at himself in the mirror and like, I don't know, reconcile with that. He so, does a bit. In yeah, the- that's, that's um, true. Right after comedy, he does like a, a literal mirror um, mm-hmm. bit, which I think maybe isn't, now that you say that, like now I'm kind of thinking maybe that's not necessarily a coincidence. I mean, none of this is a coincidence. It's all planned yeah. and stuff, but. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 I was like literally having that revelation as well, even as I said it out loud. I'm like, yeah, he does use a mirror a lot. Well, that was um, not to jump ahead because I think we're going to talk about like through lines kind of at the mm-hmm. end of this. But like one right. of the things that I, I did notice is that like this is, I mean, such a such a special about like viewing yourself and like being mm. forced to like live with yourself or live with like a mediated version of yourself, not mm-hmm. to sound like a like a, a guy who just got a film degree uh, no. <laughs> but, but like yeah it's um I, I think the mirror like the use of the mirror is super interesting especially in that context and then after I I just I like the way that this they all like I even like the way the songs transition because you know in the mirror intro he's talking about how the transitions are not going to be smooth and then immediately cuts into the yeah. song FaceTime with my mom and but to me it's like these these choppy uh transitions are way more like smooth to me than i feel like if he had had something like yeah i guess I, that thought is kind of What's, yeah rash, it's, it's but, like deliberately choppy in that yeah which point. i really like because i feel like that's just it's so symbolic of like how the brain works especially in the pandemic when it's like you're kind of losing your focus and you don't really know what you're thinking about and random thoughts just like come in and out but i think that this facetime with my mom song is like I really thought it was super funny. Pour me a drink and clear my schedule. I'm a FaceTime with my mom tonight. These 40 minutes are essential. I'm a FaceTime with my mom tonight. Like, yeah. It's one of those concepts where you're like, and I have this down for a couple of the songs where it's like, okay, this concept may not be the most original thing but the way in which he's executing it is so clean that Mm -hmm. it's like hilarious and it's so hard not to admire and be like you know I think that anybody can make jokes about facetiming with their mom but I don't think they can do it in the way that Bo Burnham is doing it and I think that part of the thing that he has on his side with the special is that he's able to edit it and I really like that it's edited to look like an iPhone screen yeah I was just going to say, like, I think in the past few years, we've been, as a culture, we've been treated with so many examples of a really shitty 16 by 9 format phone video, uh, like, professionally produced media. Like, you had, like, Quibi. You had, like, a ton of, like, I mean, Snapchat originals and shit like that, which, like, I'll admit, I watch some. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I'm a culture victim. But yeah, no, it's like, but it's shit like that where it's like this feels so when it's put on like a normal screen, it usually feels so limited and so like disingenuous, but like he used it in a really strategic way. And I think he opened it up in a strategic way too, where like you saw more of the, 
you know, you saw more action than you normally would on just that one little sliver of screen. And I, I think that was a really cool choice. Yeah, I think my favorite line from this song is when he's like, oh, my dad, like, asks me how I am. I say, yeah. all right, that's the deepest talk we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> that part killed me. And I think that this is another one of those things where um, specificity actually, instead of, like, isolating an audience, specificity, like, brings the audience in. Because he's, like, very specific with these things that he's saying about, you know, whether or not it's, like, his mom or just, like, you know the, the mom in the song but it's still you're like i can relate to that even if it's like my mom doesn't watch the specific show but like yeah the concept of her like having her hair wet and being like oh how'd you know this like <laughs> i yeah i mean we i was about to say we all have moms that's not necessarily <laughs> true but <laughs> um mother figures i feel like yeah or just very like relevant i honestly relatable. For people who have moms, this bit might have specific connotations, but even for people who just have uh, like parents at all, I think like this is so like um, it, it's palatable and in, in it's a, in a non-specific way where it's like, yeah, no, parents are usually weird on FaceTime, like or like <laughs> weird when I yeah. like contact them. It's just like because there's, you know, just that's how parents are. Parents are parents. Um, but yeah. yeah. And I think in general, just like. I always find it funny when comedians use that kind of like that, especially Bo Burnham, because he's, you know, the best example of this using like hip hop, like music to convey a really silly idea or something very mundane, like that juxtaposition is always going to be funny to me. So, uh, you know, he does that a lot throughout this. And I think that, you know, this is just the first example of that weekend-esque music. Like super produced. Music yeah. for something that doesn't need to be that produced or like yeah. have that much and not to put words in your mouth yeah no yeah no absolutely thing, but yeah uh well speaking of like produced stuff like the next song is how the world works the simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist don't you know the world is built with blood and genocide and exploitation my i think i was like maybe i'm an idiot but when i was watching this like the the puppet metaphor definitely hit me later like, because I was definitely just trying to consume everything that he was saying. And then, you know, it for me, it took like till the end when he's literally like having this argument with the puppet and he goes to like pull it off his hand. And I was I wrote down that I was left with my mouth agape. I was <laughs> like, when that metaphor finally hit me, I was kind of that's one of those moments where you're like, <gasps> comedy is so- more just comedy it's about sending messages like yeah you, you elaborate to- a little bit on that metaphor because i definitely get it uh but like i'm worried that like someone else might not <laughs> so i think you should uh well, maybe talk about that a little bit yeah no i mean and i'm not, I'm not sure i have the perfect words for this but i think you know so obviously we, we get these very different things you have Bo. Bo's character in this song let's say is singing about how the world is about sharing essentially then you have the puppet that's pretty much just like everything is a facade this is a lie and then you see like you know he's the puppet is singing about how pretty much everybody is serving like the pedophilic upper class I think is like kind of what the phrase uh corporate elite yeah corporate elite and then you know 
the puppets like telling Bo, you know, like, I don't want to be burdened with educating yourself. Like you need to educate you. And then right when he's kind of starting to step over this line, Bo tries to like take the puppet off of his hand. Right. So then it's like, you kind of just start to see that, like the whole song is about how that's like how the world works. He's like this white (laughs) man. He's in charge of you know the puppet the puppet is kind of bent to his whim like the puppet only gets to speak for as long as he allows it only gets to go as far as he allows it and if he starts to kind of like you know i guess for you know maybe looking at it you know with this you know academic deeper lens like starts to push for like this real change he threatens to just like you know take away all the things that like you know he he needs to you know be a being which you know in this case it's just Bo's hand mm-hmm. um he threatens you know to just put him back on his foot <laughs> which is like that to me was one of those moments where you start to get this like taste of like the darker places that this is gonna go but also like the ways in which we can use comedy to not only laugh but like to look at social issues look at like economic issues hierarchy class like he even makes the comment about how history books are you know they're condensed to a simple narrative when there's just so much more that we need to be looking at different perspectives and I just thought that that was such a great metaphor but which is so simple because it's in your face but like I like that, at least for me, you know, I liked that I didn't get it right away. I liked that it hit me a little bit later because then I was thinking about it and I still think about it. And that's one of those songs on the album that I keep listening back to because I'm not sure if I 100% am like, I understand this, but like, I think every time I listen to it, I get something new out of it. So I guess that's how I interpret it. I don't know how you interpret it, but. It's no secret, Grace, that you got an eye for literary interpretation, you know, but, um, but yeah, no, I think that's a great look at it, like a great perspective on it. I think that he makes a lot of these like more existential things, like very accessible, like he, he wants you to think about them. And I was saying that like, as a comedian, I've always really enjoyed him because he doesn't shy away from putting intelligence into his humor. And I think that you know a lot of people look at comedy in general as just like a place for just a place for jokes but like I think that he understands that jokes can do more than make you laugh that can introduce you to new perspectives that can make you think about things a little bit differently and I really appreciate that about him I think that you always see that in the things that he does and that's why his raps are so good and why he got famous from those because the wordplay is incredible that has to take a certain level of intelligence in my opinion um as silly as some of the things he does are i think that that's coming from a place of like a high not high brow but like you know it takes thought is essentially what i'm saying everything he does even though it makes you laugh and no matter how silly it is it's because he's thought it through and you know most comedians are that way but i think it's very apparent with him i i think that's why like a lot of people refer to him as like uh like an uh, god i i don't want to say like that people refer to him as like an iconic comedian yeah. but like i think by and large like he is referred to um in like icon light i think yeah uh because yeah. it's like yeah because he does like kind of give a, a prominent voice to that thing that as you said a lot of comedians um like uh, draw from of like that idea of like jokes are more than just jokes and, and stuff like that but yeah uh speaking of jokes 
Uh, the next song, Grace, uh, do you want to get into what that one is? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why, why me specifically? <laughs> no, because well, you had a, a reaction to it that I think we want to talk about, you know? Yeah, there Thanks. is a little bit in here that's like right before there that's about like him being a social media right. like brand manager, which, um, you know, I feel like that bit pretty much speaks for itself. But right after that, yeah, it is good. But right after that, he transitions into this song, um, you know, that I think will, you know, probably be will stay viral for a moment like i think this is one of those things that even if you don't see the special this is something you'll probably hear about yeah and the song's called white woman's instagram This is, again, something I brought up a little bit earlier. This is one of those concepts where I don't think it's the most original thing that he's doing, but the pure inventiveness of this and the way that it's shot, again, he does the thing where he'll, he edits the screen down so it's like the size of like a typical Instagram post. And the visuals, like the way, it's just very inventive, the way that he creates all of these different like little posts it blew my mind. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, this is one of those things where it's like, you can listen to it on the album, but that's not doing it justice. If you're not watching it, I don't think this bit works that well. Because, like, listing all the things you'll see on a white woman's Instagram, you know, I could give or take that. But w- watching the way that he, like, perfectly recreates these things that we see time and time again, all by himself too. Like he gets the lighting, he gets like the little aspects of it. You know, this is another one of those things where it's like, I don't know if this would translate to a stage. Like, I don't think this is Mm -hmm. something that he could do in a live performance because it just wouldn't hit. This is an inside exclusive. Yeah. (laughs) This is a thing you could only have in a special like this. Yeah. This is one of those things where it's like, without this form, without him being forced to do this, I don't think that this particular part of the special would have ever happened i uh i have a question for you grace i because this is something that i was thinking about in like recent rewatch of this Mm -hmm. how do you think like his feeling towards the hypothetical white woman who owns this instagram account like what what feeling is that like how is he looking at that person this like archetypal Mm -hmm person i got like because i I think this is a really interesting song that has like a lot of switcheroo moment yeah yeah that's actually literally a question that i have for you down is what (laughs) is he what is he doing with this part where he's where there's a shift to this part about the where the white woman in the song starts singing about her her dead mom you know and in this moment the editing of the screen fills out so you can see the whole room so it goes from that like instagram uh, yeah where format to the whole room and you know this is one of those things where like i definitely think it's up for debate discussion nothing i'm saying is the hard fast interpretation but <laughs> what i wrote down is i think that this is very much a parody a satire but with admiration like i don't think that he had was able to create all those really intricate like picture photo moments without realizing that like people who do that on Instagram woman or man or anybody in between like puts work into that like it's not like it doesn't take work 
and I think that you know there shows that there is there is real emotion or I guess you know there is some reality behind these very picturesque moments and I think that's kind of why it fills out so you see the whole room it's like behind this like tiny square there is a whole lot more right but um in the end we only do really get to see like a little bit of that so I feel like our this one kind of grew on me because I loved watching it visually but I also was kind of like is this just like a meaningless jab at like white women who just like like to upkeep their like perform like their their like is he just like hopping the making fun of chuggy people yeah like you know but I don't know I think that it's I think that there's a sense of admiration in that and a sense of understanding and I think he wouldn't have gone to these lengths to make it look so visually stunning if he didn't you know understand that in a way so I mean that's kind of how I feel about it but I didn't know I was wondering what you thought as well about this this switch into the dead mom part I don't yeah like what is that for because there's also a key change kind of in that moment as Mm -hmm. well I I am uh i don't know why it is uh i i guess it's because i love my parents but it's (laughs) i am very always very very affected by like the idea of like losing a parent or something and so that Mm -hmm. was super uh effective for me in terms of like transitioning this song from uh being male comedian owns women (laughs) (laughs) into like oh no he's like he's not talking about like a concept he's talking about like a person and and it's Mm. uh at at that at the end of the day like that uh humanizes this abstract idea of a person that we're all like spent the beginning of the song being like ha 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 as you said like there's tones of there's streaks of admiration in there which i think is great i i also kind of like i felt like maybe part of this was um part of that admiration was a little bit of like I wish that this was what I did, you know, like I wish that this is like kind of an admiration in like a sarcastic sense of like, I wish that my life was like this this. simple. (laughs) But also maybe not though. Cause then he shows that like that life isn't simple because her fucking mom is dead and she's like missing her on main. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really, this is like one of the most interesting uh, songs, which I didn't expect it to be. Yeah, to me, it's definitely one of those things when you rewatch it, you're like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of having a lot going on, uh, you want let the next song, Grace, is Unpaid Intern, which goes yeah. super short song uh, mm-hmm. that goes right into like a reaction video bit. You work all day, go back to your dorm, and since you can't afford a mortgage, you just tore in a porn because you're an intern. Unpaid. Uh, yeah. you want, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, actually, like, no, is, I don't want to, okay. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, to what did me, you think, I guess? To me, the reaction video part was, uh, you know, more interesting than the song itself. I think that the song was really just, uh, you know, a cog in the machine to get to this <laughs> reaction <laughs> video part, in my opinion. Um, and I... I, as someone who consumes like a lot of YouTube, I definitely like really liked the way that this was executed. Again, we're in that space where it's like 
this is something that anybody can joke about because it's very relevant to kind of the place in which like at least YouTube culture is at right now, mm-hmm. reacting to videos, reacting to the reaction of that video, this person reacting to that reaction yeah. of that reaction. The Ouroboros of, yeah. of content. Yeah. I just think that even it's another example of you think, how is he going to, what's his take on this? How is his take going to be different than everybody else's? Mm-hmm. And somehow it is, it always is. <laughs> that's, and again, that's one of those things that I don't think would translate in front of a live audience on a live yeah. stage. Uh, it's again, utilizing the resources he has to make comedy a little bit different than maybe he's used to. Um, and I think, I think it went well, especially was touched by that part where he's like, oh, you know, sometimes I feel a little pretentious, like when I'm explaining my comedy and stuff, because I feel like that's me all the time. Like, that's been me this entire episode. Like, I'm like, oh, listening back to this, yeah. I'm going to be like, if I were to do a reaction to this podcast, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yeah, I put up front because I don't want to sound pretentious or anything. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, his like the acknowledgement of like, oh yeah, I called myself pretentious and that's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Uh, like was really interesting because so much of his uh, work in the past, he has been like openly doing that and being like, oh, that's pretentious or like whatever. And that's fascinating. I, I just think that's really neat to watch this and then like have it kind of alter the lens you look at some of the old stuff with. But yeah, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, off topic <laughs> a little bit. Speaking of off topic. Uh, yeah, then. <laughs> The next song is Bezos One. CEO entrepreneur born in nineteen sixty-four, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bezos. He does two in the special. He does two ballads for Jeff Bezos that are like the most unhinged thing, I think, in the special. And I love both of them. There's not a lot to say about them. So catchy. They are so catchy. And I like I wrote down, why is this so catchy? And why is this here? Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I not why is this here as in this shouldn't be here. But like, I just think it's so funny. Like, I, <laughs> I it's such is- a good, like, break, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's the cool thing is like, as we move on, this is very much like a teeter totter, like you see these moments of extreme silliness, then you see these moments where we're starting to get to a place where we're being a bit more introspective, existential. And so you know, we right before you know, we get the unpaid intern, then we get the reaction video, which is a little bit introspective. And then we teeter totter like straight to this weird song about Jeffrey Bezos, like drinking other people's blood. And I just think it's really funny. I mean, yeah. maybe there's like some really deep meaning behind it that somebody else has found, but I just thought it was very funny. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it, this one might be one of the ones that uh, is just funny. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything needs to be analyzed. I do agree with yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish there was a third one to round it out. Yeah. A trilogy. But, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I That'll really be an that. inside too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> outside um and then we get (laughs) into one of my like again not something like that is one of my favorites because it's it's extraordinarily deep but i love this song this sexting song yeah I think that this is another one that is very visual actually like it's funny you can definitely just listen to it and laugh 
but it's way funnier when you see him standing in his underwear with the pro- I love the way the projector functions in this you know there's this part where he's okay, he says you say LMAO but I doubt that that yeah <laughs> when he did that little face where he was just like mm, I, that made me laugh out loud yeah and it, I think it's a lol moment <laughs> another one of those relatable things but it's so creative that you're like even though anybody can make a joke about sexting nobody can do it the way Bo does and I know that I've been saying that again and again again but that's truly my mantra for this special (laughs) nobody does it like Bo no one does it like Bo I just this one was um, not that I could relate at all but like from an outsider perspective yeah (laughs) very funny yeah absolutely yeah but also when you listen to it and you're like in the context of like the again the heavily produced thing that he made awesome funny not much more on that one so speaking of sexting the next song is look who's inside again well well look who's inside again went out to look which was i think the first part of this where i was like oh this is okay we're getting to the part where i'm gonna be sad now yeah uh because it's like everything gets kind of slowed down a little bit uh and you know we kind of like are well we're gonna get a little bit retrospective here Mm -hmm. um how did you feel about look who's inside again I think this is one of those things where it's like the seed is planted to be reaped later, you know? Yeah. Like I, it's so simple. And when you're like watching it, I think, and you're at this point in the special, you feel like it's maybe a little bit of filler, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's so necessary because when it comes back at the end, you're like, fuck. Like, (laughs) and I think especially because right after this song, you have, one of what I would consider to be the most like heart wrenching, like, um, like stills from the special is when he is sitting watching himself from like 14 years ago when he's in his room playing the piano. And that comes right after this, like, whole like stuck in a room. Like, I just, yeah, I like you were saying, I think this is definitely the beginning. I don't think this is the shift, but it's like we're starting to ease into a shift to something a little bit different. Yeah. And again, kind of going back to that idea of like viewing yourself um, Mm -hmm. and especially I think it's hard to talk about viewing yourself with uh, like someone like Bo Burnham, who has this body of work where he um, has been very open about like his own, uh, you know, uh, struggles or or problems that he's faced as a result of his work. but it's like viewing yourself and maybe like being frustrated or um, upset with what you're seeing, which is definitely like the feeling that I think that little short conveyed with just like the, the sound choice to mm-hmm. do a single like drone. Like I feel like yeah. even silence would have made me feel even like would have made me feel better than the choice yeah. to do that instead. Like I, I that was like, Oh God. Yeah. And I think, I think the clip of him playing the piano it's either from like you were saying i'm boyo but i think it might also be from this other song that he wrote 
like that's just called my whole family because i think that's the first video on his channel that i'm looking oh, okay. at right now mm. and it's a whole like kind of satirical song about how he's saying he, he his whole family thinks he's gay right and, like he's talking about like all these you know he's the whole thing in the song he's, he's like why would i i'm not gay but like he's saying things that would be kind of you know stereotypically gay yeah and then you go into the song problematic times are changing and i'm getting old are you gonna hold me accountable my bed is empty and i'm getting cold which I think is really interesting. I think that that clip of him watching himself works really well from like transitioning out of look who's inside again into problematic. And, you know, without, without getting straight into the, and I guess analysis or deeper comments, I love the song. I think it's yeah. so it's really catchy. Good. Like, and I, again, I love like the whole, I don't even know, I guess, like, the genre that he's going for, like, this 80s, like, workout, like, yeah, I kind, I just really the like... hyper-sexual, like, yeah. uh, 80s music video, yes. And I think that this, like, the line that, like, stood out to me from this one is he says, are you going to hold me accountable? And that felt, like, very real to me. And, like, you know, this might seem a little off track, but this reminded me of earlier, like, last summer when Jenna Marbles, like, pretty much excused herself from the internet. And, you know, in that, I was a big fan of her. So when I watched her video where she was pretty much just like coming out and saying like, I'm taking a break from YouTube. She was like, you know, everybody always like praises me for not being problematic. And she's like, but the truth is that like, I have done like things that are racist in my past. I have said things that are not okay. Like kind of this, like stepping up to the plate and like holding yourself accountable because you feel like other people are looking past like your flaws yeah. So I felt like in this song, while it was a bit of a character, to me, that question, like, are you going to hold me accountable, felt very real, like him making kind of, you know, a joke of like cancel, not a joke of cancel culture, but like this lens of looking at apology culture, yeah. like uh, cancel culture in the way that it is related to how people apologize, the idea of him apologizing in the song and then like two seconds later apologizing for his apology yeah like all of that's very well done and funny but i also think that this is kind of one of those moments where he's coming out and saying like i don't know if i'm exactly proud of everything i've put out in the past there's one like one thing i got out of this uh particular thing is that when he started leaning into like the christ imagery and the crucifixion imagery like that read to me number one very funny uh like choice but number two like it also read to me, kiss yeah <laughs> that read to me as though it's it kind of like uh I, i'm trying to think of the way to put this like it to me when he uh there's that shot of him where he's on like a cross <laughs> uh scream singing i'm sorry uh, yes that felt very much like look at how fucking ridiculous I look like, look how, look how silly it is for me to think that my, um, as he said in the, uh, how the world works, the me viewing my past racism through my, the myopic lens of my own self betterment. Look how stupid I look pretending Mm -hmm. that I'm the Christ figure. I'm the important one 
because I'm apologizing yeah. uh, and, and saying almost that like my apology demands uh, reverence or like anything. Cause I think you, you kind of hit on that earlier of like, it's not, it doesn't simply stating that you did something wrong and apologizing for it does not in and of itself deserve admiration yeah. or reverence. It, it can be noteworthy because no one else is doing it, but that does still doesn't mean that you're a hero. And I think he, that's how, that's at least what I like kind of, Took yeah, away from I, it. I just liked that it was both a it, it is just a commentary but I think when you look at it look at it and then listen to it you realize that he is kind of I feels like coming clean about some stuff yeah, yeah I just I like it I like it a lot yeah <laughs> I, I think it's and I think we've we grew up in like a time where we have seen so many shitty like YouTube apologies and so many shitty yes. celebrity apologies stuff and I think that this is um it's a commentary on that and it's it's like an apology and a commentary on apologies yeah. and like it's so many things at once it's a, is- it's like yeah it's like a very self-aware um apology almost i love that yeah uh, yeah i think it was great i think it was and i also think as you mentioned earlier like it fits so well into everything else um that we saw just before this with like the the old video and, and everything like that um <laughs> fits perfectly into what comes right after which which is is him turning 30 yeah oh yeah i guess that is like a big thing with like the idea of like moving on growth and stuff that's getting because he talks about he in the song problematic he has a line like i'm getting older and then you know we get into 30 (laughs) i used to run for miles i used to ride my bike i used to wake up with a smile and go to bed at night with a where there's this little monologue right before the song where you know this is what i i signify as like the shift this is for me where like we see a big shift because he starts breaking down a bit in front of the camera in terms of the creative process and i really really like this transition from where he's just sitting he's like i'm going to enjoy my 20s and then get back to work right when the clock hits midnight we switch into this song which is uh, so good yeah yeah this song makes me feel like i'm turning 30 to be yeah. <laughs> like the way and i think that this really captures the aging aging in the pandemic and the way in which, you know, we kind of lost a sense of time because I turned 21 in the pandemic. So even though, you know, that's not very old, I think still having a monumental birthday, like 30 or 21 during the pandemic, definitely um, hit a bit different, as the kids would say. Yeah, like crossing a threshold like that in yeah. such a weird context. Yeah, and I just think that, the transition into the song is very raw and the song itself is again funny but it's also it's you're starting to see like i guess if it's like if if the special were a hard-boiled egg we're taking the shell off we're (laughs) we're getting to the yolk (laughs) we're putting a little bit of salt on it yeah we're popping that bad boy right in our maws yeah ma being mouth not maws in the southern vernacular for grandma (laughs) yeah um my stupid friends are having stupid children 
that's my line from this one. Yes, a line that uh, I think <laughs> realistically both of us will probably uh, be screaming at some point later in our lives. But yeah, no, I yeah, this is a it was a good song, and I think it was a a great way to kind of like round out the first half of the thing, the first act. Yeah, uh, the thing that comes in right before the intermission part of this is uh, a monologue that maybe bears a uh, content warning if we haven't given one already. Yeah, the the monologue where he talks about um, the idea of wanting to kill himself uh, and not actually wanting to kill himself, but kill himself for like maybe a year because he ends the song 30 uh, with 2030. I'll be 40 and I'll kill myself then. Yes, this part. um I think, you know, every, there's every, everybody has like every part of this is like hits you in a different place. I think this part slapped me in the face, like really hard. Yeah. And, you know, um, in, when you're looking to be like being honest and authentic, like I definitely had these moments in the pandemic where I was very much like dealing with suicidal ideation and everything about it. So this part, and it's just the way in which, because <laughs> he goes into the speech he starts talking about this speech where he's like obviously like don't kill yourself like being very like sarcastic and like but like serious but sarcastic kind of like playing it off in this funny way like don't kill yourself like it's a big bummer like don't do yeah. that not actually like being harsh about it you know and I find myself in this point at this point like as a viewer I start like tuning out I guess a little bit because I'm like oh this is as somebody who's like dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts like I'm gonna tune out because like I've heard this speech before right Mm -hmm. so I'm looking at my phone and then I look up and there's uh, as you well put it in the document early stage bow is being projected onto a later stage bow's chest and all of a sudden, like this later version of Bo is like almost a stand-in for the audience, like watching himself. And he is doing what I'm doing. He's checking his phone. He's not really listening to himself talking about like, you know, suicide and why you shouldn't do it. And that that washed over me in so many different waves. And I think that that just like that that half-heartedness in which people talk to you about like suicide prevention and saying like you shouldn't do it and like xyz like I think we've are a lot of people who have had similar experiences you know to me I think feel that very really really yeah like very like you know yeah feel that it's very real and I think that there's like this other layer of it where it's like he is almost telling himself that in that moment and he the older version of him is so unconvinced yeah. which is which is the part that i think is very well done because i think and that's why i like that it ends with if i could just kill myself for a year because even the bow version of him that's saying like don't kill yourself ends in this place where he's like but if i could yeah which is very like comedian of, yeah, I feel like because I you could definitely see like a uh, guy goes up, does a joke where he mentions killing himself, then does this monologue like just in part of like a five minute set, yeah. you know, like that's yeah, absolutely. But I think that's also just like 
I think that's an experience that people who have, speaking from my own experience, when you're in that place um, and you're kind of on this, this halfway point where you're like, well, I, I'm not going to do that. Like it's, it would be such a quote unquote hassle. It would, it's not worth it, but there's always, you're unconvinced. I think that's a part. He's unconvinced. He's trying to convince you, but he knows that you're not convinced. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of that battle that you're always kind of having when you're in that depressive place. It's a battle of, I don't want to do this, but also if I could, maybe I would, Yeah. (laughs) which I know is, you know, that's heavier to say and admit, but that's why this part really, really stuck with me. And when I look back and I pick out like top three things that like hit me like a fucking brick to the face, this is definitely one of those parts. But yeah. you can talk about it. I've been talking about it for no, <laughs> I, I, mean, I love that. Like, look at it. I think that's like a really great interpretation of it. Um, and I think it also kind of links into what we were talking about earlier with the idea of authenticity um, in in what he says, what he does, his work and all that, um, which if you're ready to transition real quick to the intermission yeah. before we yeah. leave this episode. Um, mm-hmm. So. The intermission, I think, is similar to the mirror intro that we talked about, um, where, you know, you're, he's making you very aware um, that you are watching something and that you're an audience member, which is something that then comes back in the second half of this, yeah. as we will discuss. Um, but I, I uh, love, absolutely love that the intermission for this show is just... Um, the word intermission comes on screen. It goes away. He comes out with a squeegee and wipes off uh, like the camera lens. Essentially, it's just like plexiglass or whatever that he put in front of it. Um, absolutely love that. Talking about how all these pieces flow together, like it's such a good um, companion to finish off the monologue that we just watched of the reminder of you're watching something that I made and you're watching something that's on purpose. And um, kind of inviting you to think about what the stuff you've been seeing means as individual pieces, then all together and like what it means that he made it the way he did. Very, uh, to use a douchebag word, very Brechtian. Um, What's that mean? Uh, he's a, Brecht was a player. I'm going to cut this out, but Brecht was. No, it's, I, I want to know. <laughs> Brecht was a, um, a playwright. I think he was, he was Scandinavian. I don't know. Um but sure. his whole thing is that like uh, there's this aesthetic different or aesthetic distance between the performer and the audience. But the way to work with that is to acknowledge it and remind the audience that they're watching something. Mm. Um, so like to be giving addresses to the audience of like, hey, uh, this is like the comedy show that you're watching on your screen at home or whatever. And I'm making it myself like that's kind of Brechtian. And then especially this to be like physically interacting with the thing that mediates us and him like that's very that feels very no i think that's interesting you should keep that in all right (laughs) right, well maybe i will maybe i won't you're not the boss of me (laughs) all right well uh folks uh we are gonna split this into two episodes um you're welcome episode (laughs) you're welcome we're not gonna make you listen to a fucking four-hour podcast it's been super fun and we hope you've enjoyed it uh if you like it if you like this idea this like type of thing um feel free to leave a review 
on Apple Podcasts or like wherever and let us know that you like it because then we can do more stuff like this. If you don't like it, uh, keep that to your fucking self. Um, <laughs> Grace, do you have anything uh, that you want to talk about or plug before we uh, um, get in? Yeah, or, you can find us on Twitter at EMS Pod. Um, I uh, can speak for myself in saying I love discussing comedy the way that Jake and I have been. So if you're listening to this and you're also a bit of a, a bowhead or just, you know, you love comedy, you want to share your thoughts, feel free to tweet at us, DM us, anything. Yeah, I'd love absolutely. to engage with anybody who wants to talk about this. Um, you can find my personal Twitter at Graceful Gozy. You can find Jake's personal Twitter <laughs> at Jake's Hot Friend. Um, and big shout out to some of our friends who have been reaching out and saying that they're enjoying the podcast, yeah. checking, checking in on like when new episodes are coming out. That honestly meets the world to us. We like that a lot because yeah. we do. This we don't fun. need a lot of listeners. No, we, we, <laughs> we, just, we just need the good ones, you know, yeah. um, on a on a more serious note, just to, uh, you know, round out this episode, uh, you know, if you or anyone you know is having uh, thoughts of suicide or issues involving suicide, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. And they're always there 24 hours to help.